the best supply chains are the ones that are adaptable. I, I like to say that the best supply chains have stability with agility. Going forward, you will be finding that balance of local versus global supply chains. And then it's um, making sure that you can really leverage um, the global plus the local um, sourcing that you do have. Carly, thank you so much for for chatting with me today. Thank you for the invite. Uh, I would like to start off by asking you to introduce yourself. So your name, your title, the organization you work for, uh, and also what you're passionate about. Well, my name is Carly McGowan, and I am currently the Supply Chain Director of Pernod Ricard Pacific, which is a a spirits and wine company, one one of the biggest in the world. And um, I am passionate about, I guess, developing people and getting the best supply chains that we can. I'm passionate about our, our customers to make sure that our customers see us as their, their best partner to make sure that we can get, I guess, the, the best products on the shelf at the right time with the right place so that everybody can enjoy their champagne when they would like to. That is a very good mission. <laughs> it's a great mission, isn't it? From your experience, how has supply chain management evolved over your career? Well, it's been a long career, over three decades. A lot has changed, but a lot has stayed the same. So the principles have stayed the same in that you're moving from one place to another. What I've really seen is the changes in the technologies and the tools to enable you to do that. So what has really increased now has been the ability to track things through your supply chain and the ability to have better tools to make decisions on. So if I if I look at where we were years ago, you would be um, putting in an order or, or putting in um, a customer uh, delivery, and then you would just hope that it would get there on time and, and you would call various numbers of people to make sure that it got there on time. And now you've got tracking all the way through and systems can actually have really good data which can then prepare you for much better, I guess, uh, ability to do contingency planning or, or make decisions a, a lot further out so that you can actually get the rest of the supply chain prepared um, for the outcomes of either the stock coming early or the stock not coming at all. Are there ways that this relates to the consumer end as well? So I know there's a big thing in the ESG space around traceability in products. Is there a role for that kind of technology on the consumer side as well as, as that corporate side? massive amounts of roles and and a massive and and I guess when I have a look at it one of the biggest changes that we've had has been um, data um, so master data so if we look at the consumers now um, you you'll see over the coming years that it, there's a lot more of the QR codes that are appearing on the products and those QR codes will eventually replace barcodes at your supermarkets but in the meantime you can also then grab the QR code and it will tell you a whole lot of information that you haven't been able to put on the products themselves because you literally run out of space in the um, on the label but some of them actually trace it all the way back to um, I guess the, the source of the product as well so there are some there's the ability at the moment to have individual QR codes on every single product so you can actually trace the whole of the supply chain that that product's been through eventually, if of course the the uh, the manufacturers let you, 
but but we've actually got that ability to do that now. So it's 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 that to that finite detail um, that that is really fascinating. And so when you go into markets where there's a lot of um, where there's a lot of counterfeiting, this this type of technology will really give the consumers confidence that they're actually drinking the genuine product. Think of your Saint Hugo fine wine that you've spent two hundred dollars on. You need to make sure that it's actually Saint Hugo wine in the bottle. I can say they would definitely uh, appreciate having a QR code that can somehow, you know, re- reinforce the genuine uh, nature yes. of the product. Yes, absolutely. So it's, it's all these technologies that are coming in, which are really changing, I guess, that avenue. And and if you even um, just have a look at um, the where it actually flows all through, is that then when the retailers actually know that they've had a sale then um, that information goes straight through to the manufacturers who can then go back to their suppliers as well. So the the amount of time you get to respond is becoming a lot more rapid, which means that you can then tighten up a lot of the parameters in your supply chain as well, which which is what gets you better service and also reduces your costs down. Correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like there is a theme around increased transparency. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's quite funny. When I started off my supply chain career, people thought that I was really good because I knew advanced Lotus one two three, um, and so I could could come up with some uh, analysis and data really quickly. Then we moved on to advanced Excel one two three, uh, and um, and now we're on to um, you know the tools are becoming so much easier, such as Power BI tools and. Um, and programming tools and and if I actually even look further than into the future um, one of the biggest barriers for us to um, really um, do that step change is all the AI and machine learning which is part of AI. Now I, I see this as almost the biggest disruptor since the internet actually came on board and I, and the, the way that I see this being a disruptor is that it will become easier for us to actually have open code to learn and to, to change things a lot easier rather than actually having to rely on a programmer to come in and, and do something. So it means that it actually opens it, it up to a lot more people to make those those step changes a lot a lot faster. And I think if, if we're looking to the future of supply chain people and logisticians, a lot of the skills for them will be to actually understand how to really leverage these tools and leverage the things that are available so that you can throw a whole lot of data at it and make some really fast decisions um, with the changing environments that we find ourselves in. Very true. Uh, so you're also involved with the Institute of Transport and Logistics Studies, or ITLS, at the University of Sydney. In what capacity do you support ITLS? Well, being on the board, and I have been for the last ten years, and over four different organisations, so it's been uh, it's it's been my uh, solid um, passion of mine. And I, I see, um, well, I get a lot out of the board, firstly, uh, because I I get to learn about what are the new projects and the new studies and so forth that the students in their university are doing, and I and I get to stay on top of what's there. One of my big, biggest frustrations. Um, was seeing students come out of university without the skills to actually do the job of being in supply chain. And that's actually what really drives me to to want to help and want to mentor through um, the ITLS and, and the students of the future because 
I love graduates and I love people who are keen to learn and to grow and so forth in, in the supply chain. And, um, and I, I really get a lot of joy out of developing them. So, so my passion is really just to make sure that we provide, I guess, the next generations coming through with, with all the tools that they need to, to really um, step in and start flying. I also get the opportunity every now and then to, to actually get a bunch of students to come out and do projects for me. And, and that's a two-way thing because, one, I can help mentor them and, and get them ready for industry and to understand how their studies uh, relate to industry. And the same stage, I get the benefits of their analysis and the work that they've done for us as well. Um, and, and thirdly, I, um, I see there's a lot of benefits on the board because um, we network with ideas with each other as well. So it's, it's a really good networking tool for us to um, talk to our colleagues about the latest and greatest things and whether or not we can, let, we can stand on each other's shoulders to, to really make our own professions and industries and the, and the people coming up through even better than what they currently are. In your opinion, what makes the ITLS board unique or special? Is it that the ability to leverage ideas off kind of people who are in that industry and have a network of experience or is it around the students that you might be able to pull through? What do you think it kind of narrows down to? I actually think the power is with the the calibre of members that we actually have on the board and the mixture of members that we have on the board. So we have a mixture of both academics, public industry and private industry. And I think that that gives a really good balance um, into the perspectives of, of the entire board. And I think that that really does leverage the power of the board to get things done and to get things done well. Uh, last question. So looking to the future, you've kind of touched on this a little bit. What are the key factors that you think will affect consumer supply chains in the future? And then I've kind of tacked something on the end, which is, are there any that you're particularly excited about? You've kind of mentioned data and, and generative AI, but are there any other ones or are those kind of the ones that you think are the most exciting to you? Well, if COVID taught us anything, the best supply chains are the ones that are adaptable. I, I like to say that um, the best supply chains have stability with agility. So I think that as we walk through, we, we seem to have gone quite to a global supply chain structure at the moment, but what COVID and, and um, I guess the environmental pushes at the moment has then actually brought a lot more localization back into the, the framework of supply chains. So I think that, that going forward, you will be finding that balance of local versus global supply chains and then it's making sure that you can really leverage um, the global plus the local sourcing that you do have. You're right, I did touch on on the um, the data. Um, the other thing is um, sales and operations planning and, and having a very mature sales and operations planning within your organizations and making sure that everybody throughout your whole organization is working on one agreed plan rather than having, I guess, the sales team working on one plan, the finance team working on another, marketing deciding to, to innovate the world and, and then supply chain trying to, trying to balance it all out in the end. So I think, I think the more that we work towards having uh, one collaborative system through the end to end, then the, the better and the more agile we will be as organizations and supply chains moving forward. And I think, I think that's where a lot of advances are going to be in the next 
coming years. Uh, one last question. I did lie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's an easy one. And that is uh, if people were interested in learning about more about you or, or your career or the company you work for, uh, where can they go to find that information? Uh, well, LinkedIn's always very good. So I, uh, I find that that's an extremely good, I guess, work-related platform. I sometimes speak at conferences, but I'm trying to do less and less of those. If I'm speaking at a conference, I'll, I'll put it on my LinkedIn so that people know. But always I put um, jobs and and um, and the like on LinkedIn. So if you if you want to find out anything, please please connect with me and follow me. Perfect. Well, Carly, thanks so much for your time and for coming on to chat with me today. If you'd like to learn more about any of the guests that we have on the podcast, more about Bite Size, or more about Compass IoT, the company that produces this podcast, you can visit our website, which is www.compassiot.com.au. Until next time.